Hey, folks, how many of you are ready to study God's Word today? Amen. Last week, we went through the book of Acts. Today, we are going to go through the book of Genesis. And while much of it is on the screen, I would love it each week if you were to bring your own copy of God's Word to study through the Bible, look at it right there in the pages, or maybe you're an, uh, an iPhone app or iPad or Android person and you do your Bible study that way, you can do that as well. So go ahead and get your Bible, get your uh, device out if you want to do it that way, or if you absolutely refuse, I guess we'll give it some to some of you on the screen today. But we are in Genesis chapter 1, and this is the final week of our Connected series where we're talking about how we need each other in the body of Christ. Nobody was designed to do this spiritual journey alone. We often say there is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. And because that, because we, we need each other, what that means is that what you say and what you do has an impact on other people's lives. That nothing you say or do is in a vacuum. And that you literally, Scripture says, have the power to speak blessing into people's lives. Now, what does that mean? What is, what is a blessing? Let's go ahead and get started in Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning in the creation story. And Genesis 1 verse 21 says, So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. What you see here is the first spoken blessing in scripture. It was spoken over the creatures of the earth. The second blessing was over humankind. Look at uh, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Okay, now, so here we see the two first blessings. We're going to go back to the first one just so that we can dive in a little bit deeper and take a look at this. That, that in every blessing in Scripture, you find them all throughout, there are usually two main elements. The first one you see is that God said that it was good, that God granted his approval. And then the second thing we see in the blessing is that God endowed with the fruitfulness to increase and multiply. And this kind of blessing is a theme that you find all throughout the Old Testament, Jewish scripture, and the New Testament. Uh, in fact, in the, the Old Testament alone, this word blessing shows up over 400 times. Turn to the next chapter. Chapter 2, God gives another blessing, Genesis 2, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested. And so what we see here is that in the very creation of the world, that God founded the world upon his desire to give blessing 
to that which he created. But then there was a problem. In the Garden of Eden, after being given freedom and dominion over the world, God gave humanity this great gift and put us in charge over the world. And yet, Satan came along and mankind began to believe his lies. Satan said, God doesn't want what's best for you. God doesn't want to bless you. God wants to withhold good things from you. That's why he tells you not to do all this stuff. Do it. It's fun. It's good for you. It'll make you feel like you are who you were designed to be. But it was a lie. And so in that instant, they chose the curses of Satan rather than the blessing of God. Find Genesis chapter 9. So the next part of the biblical story is God hitting the reset button and giving the world a second chance. Genesis chapter 9 tells us the story of the flood. The flood comes and there is a remnant left over, Noah's family, to start over again. But even with Noah's family, they are left with this choice, this struggle at times between choosing the curses of Satan or the blessing of of God. Genesis chapter 9 verse 1 says, then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And so you see this pattern again where God grants his approval and God endows with that which is necessary to be fruitful and increase. But notice that God did not automatically give them the increase. That, that, that they had to do their part. See, God's blessing often means that he provides an open door for us to walk through. Many times it's an open door of opportunity. And then as Genesis continues, as Genesis continues, we see that there is a reason that we are blessed. And so let's uh, ask this question. We are blessed for a purpose. What does that mean? Could you say that with me? We are blessed for a purpose. Let's say it again. We are blessed for a purpose. What is that purpose? Let's look at the story of Abraham, which shows up just a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 12, where originally his name was Abram, but as we have seen over the last few months of Bible study, that God often, when he brings a change into someone's life, God often changes their name as part of understanding their new identity in their relationship with him. And so God looks at this man who he calls Abraham and sees great potential and so God calls Abraham to do something radical, to step out in faith and go to a new land, to a place where he has never been before. Many times to find God's blessing, you have to be willing to step out in faith and maybe try some things that you've never tried before. And God says, Abraham, if you will step out in faith, in obedience, I will give you a special blessing. And here it is, Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. Everybody say that together. You will be a blessing. You see, God says, Abraham, you need to understand this, that when I bless you, it comes with responsibility. 
That it is not just for your benefit. The reason that you are blessed is so that you can be a blessing to others. And God continues in verse 3. Abram, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, folks, when God's blessing starts flowing through you, other people start to want to get near you because many times it starts to spill out on them too. Uh, Mark Buchanan, I was reading something recently uh, where he mentioned a, a, an interview that was done with children concerning the meaning of love. And you know how often many times you, know, you put a camera on kids and ask them some profound question of life, you never know what you're going to get. And Billy, age four, in answer to the question, what is love? Billy said something profound. He said, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. Now get this, you think that was good. Listen to what he followed up with. The way they say your name is different. Billy said, you know your name is safe in their mouth. Is that not profound? That has to be one of the most insightful things. Little Billy said, when someone loves you, when someone blesses you, you know that your name is safe in their mouth. Let me ask you a question. Do people know that their name is safe in your mouth? Or do people worry because they're not so sure what you are saying about them behind their backs? Do people, when they think of you, do they think of blessing or do they think of cursing? When, when people think of you, do they think and have confidence that you want the best for them, you want them to be blessed, you want good for them and not harm? Do people know that their name is safe in your mouth. And so let's look at how this blessing gets passed down from generation to generation in Abraham's family. Let's go to chapter 25 of Genesis. Chapter 25, verse 19. And this is the account of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. And so as Abraham's son, Isaac, marries Rebekah, Isaac and Rebekah have two children. The older is named Esau. Esau was a rugged and strong fella, grew up to be a hunter and an outdoorsman. And Esau, the younger, was kind of softer and weaker, kind of a mama's boy, Scripture tells us. And look at Genesis 25, verse 28. What we're about to read here is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. That in this one verse, you see agony. You see so much emotion packed up in this one little verse. It says, Isaac, the father, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved uh, not Jabob, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. And so what that, what that means is, is this. What, do you see what it's implying here? That Isaac 
did not love his son, Jacob, the way that he loved Esau. And that Rebekah did not love her son, Esau, the way that she loved Jacob. And thus, in this one verse, we see a whole world of hurt begins as the next the next part of Genesis is filled with the, the story, the account of, of, of the ongoing struggle, the, the battle, the, the discontent that continues because these two boys did not feel the blessing of their parents. And so go to Genesis 27. Uh, traditionally, the inheritance, or as Scripture calls it, the birthright, is supposed to be given to the older brother. But Jacob and his mother come up with a plan to steal the birthright from Jacob. And so what they do is they, they trick, uh, I'm sorry, to steal it from Esau, they trick Esau in a moment of weakness. They get him to forsake his rights. And then they dress Jacob up uh, to pretend to be Esau, put on his clothes and make him smell like the outdoors and, and you know, just made him smell like outside. And, and, and Father Isaac is not hard to trick at this point because he is old and blind. And so when it's time for Father Isaac to give the blessing to the eldest Esau, Jacob slips into the tent instead. And so... The father lays hands on him and says, Genesis 27, in the middle of verse 27, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. And the trick worked because Jacob stole Esau's blessing. And look at verse 34. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said, Bless me, me too, my father. And here you see the pain of a blessing withheld. Listen, here's the truth for many of us here today. The reason that many people go out and mess up their lives and make the choices that they do. In fact, some of you, if you were to look back at some of the decisions that you have made in your life that were destructive, sometimes you can trace it back to seeing the feeling of pain that you had in your life because you never felt the love the blessing, the approval of your parents. And the rest of the story is the agony and the fighting between these two brothers. Well, Jacob, the younger brother, goes on to success. He builds great wealth. He has flocks and land. He becomes rich and successful on the outside. But on the inside, Jacob is still this insecure little boy who never felt the love and approval of his father. And so let's go later in Jacob's life to Genesis 32. One night he has an encounter with an angel of the Lord. And just as Jacob had wrestled with his father, and just as he had wrestled with his brother, Jacob is about to wrestle with God. Genesis 32, verse 24. So Jacob was left alone 
and a man whom we later find out is an angel or the son of God or some representation for God. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. And what happens next is significant because up until this point, Jacob has wrestled with everybody. Remember, he struggled with his, his father, with his mother and the, the tension in that relationship. He, he, he struggled with his brother. He struggled with, with later on his uncle. He wrestled with everybody because he was seeking the approval of others. But he is about to have a life-changing experience. He is about to face a moment where everything in his life changes from this point forward. Because after a lifetime of trying to get approval from everybody else, for the first time, he makes the decision to try to get his blessing from God. And that makes the difference. Look at this. This is so good. Chapter 32, verse 26 Jacob says to God, Father, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And this is the day that he finally finds the blessing of God. Go to chapter 35, verse 9. Listen to what the Lord says to Jacob. This comes many years later. Chapter 35, middle of verse 9. God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be what? Israel. Your name will be what? Israel. So he named him Israel. Verse 11, and God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from your body. And so you see, for the whole first half of Jacob's life, he's trying to get approval from everybody else, a people pleaser, trying to wrestle and struggle to get that which he feels like he deserves. But everything changes the moment that he surrenders to God and God says, I am all the blessing that you need. Oh. Now for clarification, let's, let's define what this word means in Hebrew, barach. Whenever uh, it talks about the blessing in the Old Testament, uh, like this. There are a couple of variations of this word, but uh, in, in Genesis, when it says uh, in the creation story, God blessed, the Hebrew word was barach. Everybody say that together. It's kind of fun to say in Hebrew. Get it down in your throat. Our francophones will have more uh, ease with this than our anglophones today. Everybody say barach. You got to get a little more in there. Here we go. Barach. <laughs> there, oh, that was a little too much. There, uh, no. And so, uh, so with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, it was the same word as when God blessed. The blessing is barak. Now, some of you who know a little bit of Hebrew wonder, well, what's the difference between barak and baruch? Because baruch is one of the most common blessings you'll hear any Jewish person or anybody in Hebrew. Uh, baruch ata Adonai means blessed are you, Lord. So, so that's part of a prayer. But barak, the, the blessing had these two elements. Number one, God gave his approval. God says, you are loved. And number two, God grants the ability to be fruitful, to grow and increase. And folks, I'm here to tell you today, whether you realize it or not, this is good news. 
What this means is that maybe you have searched your whole life to get the approval that you never got from your parents, but God's blessing can be enough for you. Maybe, maybe you've, you've looked and you've fought and you've struggled to try to succeed on your own, but God's blessing is that, that endowment of fruitfulness that allows you to increase and multiply. And whether you realize it or not today, God's blessing is the very thing that you have been searching for in your life. And then here's what's so fantastic. Once Jacob understood that he was blessed by God, he then got up and went out from that place and he began to pass the blessing on to others. He's, he goes out and he starts blessing everybody, everywhere he goes. In fact, there's this great story later in his life where his son Joseph introduces Jacob uh, who was called Israel, to the most powerful man in the world at that time, the Pharaoh of Egypt. And, and so Jacob, I mean, it's crazy. Jacob meets the most powerful man in the world and says, could I give you a blessing, son? <laughs> and literally, he prays a blessing over the Pharaoh. And here's what's beautiful. At the end of his life, when Jacob is about to die, he gathers all of his sons together to give them their blessing. But unlike his father Isaac, who caused all kinds of problems because he had favored one son over the other, only giving one blessing to one son, Jacob instead gives a blessing to all of his sons, every single one of them. Folks, now grace is flowing all over the place. And those 12 brothers, the sons of Jacob, became the 12 tribes of Israel. He said, Reuben, Reuben, you've gotten in a lot of trouble, boy. And you may still have some problems, but I love you and I bless you. Simeon and, and Levi, Levi, you've got a violent past, but I bless you. God is going to use you to be the priestly tribe to oversee the temple of the Lord. Judah. From out of you will come the Messiah, the Lion of Judah, Zebulon, Issachar, and down the list he goes. And find Genesis 49. We get to the end of Jacob's life and we read this beautiful tribute. Genesis 49, verse 28. All these are the tribes of Israel, and this is what their father Jacob said to them when he blessed them, giving each the blessing appropriate to him. Did, did you catch that? Giving each the blessing appropriate to him. Let me interpret that for you. God's blessing is not generic. It is unique and specific to the way that he created you to be, the calling on your life. God didn't call you to be just like Billy Graham. God didn't call you to be like Joel Osteen or even Joel Gorvett. That God's calling is unique to the way that he designed you to be. Which is why I can't wait for next week. Next week we have been planning for months for a series that will really help us to shape the culture around here. Uh, next week, well, let me just show you. Watch this. So my question is, what type of person totally drives you crazy? Uh, overly perfectionist? People who are constantly interrupting others and don't let them get like their point across. Yeah, it did. Slow drivers, of course. No one likes slow drivers, right? Bearded people. Good answer. Lazy people. Do some 
types of people drive you crazy? Uh, you wonder, why do they act the way they do? Why do different people think and process things the way they do? Often, it has to do with our unique personality types. This month at Moncton Wesleyan, each Sunday, we are going to look at the four basic personalities to figure out which type are you, uh, what are your strengths and weaknesses, and what can we learn from the Bible about how God designed us to work better together in this world through our unique personalities. We are going to have so much fun. Join us this October at Moncton Wesleyan. How many are excited about that? Didn't that be good? So good. We'll show it again. Uh, how many, that is, and so uh, how many of you have seen that on social media this week? Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. If you have seen that on social media, we just had it out for a few days. Uh, last I checked this morning, about 4.4 thousand people had watched it on, uh, just on the Facebook medium, and others of you saw it on Instagram or some other format. And so here's what you can do as part of that series. Would you share that this week? Would you click the little share button or retweet or uh, re-Instagram or whatever you call it on the different formats? Would you do that? And then also, if you don't have some of those cards, in fact, this week I'd been giving them away, and so I restocked my invitation cards. Remember the cards? So if you need to grab some more of those to invite people next week, I can guarantee this is a series that people are going to grow with and enjoy because everybody likes to learn about themselves. And it sounds like, oh, well, it's just about psychology and stuff. It's really not. Believe it or not, you bring them to learn about themselves, and in the process, they are going to learn about God's love and plan for their lives. And so uh, it's going to be a great biblical study. We hope that you'll be here for that. But listen, like Jacob, as a young man, we get into all kinds of trouble, though, when we try to steal someone else's blessing. How often do we get jealous? How often do we look at other people's lives and we say, why can't I be more like that? Why can't I have their gifts and talents and their strengths? Why can't my family be like that? Why can't I have a life more like theirs? And like Jacob, you will continue to struggle in angst as long as you are envying someone else's blessing rather than pressing in to the endowment for fruitfulness and increase the approval of God that can only come when you put aside seeking the approval of others and seek first and foremost to see who God created you to be. Amen? That's the difference. And so author Marianne Bird says, I grew up knowing I was different. I hated it. I was born with a cleft palate. When I started school, my classmates made it clear how I looked to others. I was a little girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and garbled speech. When schoolmates asked, what happened to your lip? I would tell them that I had fallen and cut it on a piece of glass. Somehow it seemed more acceptable to have suffered an accident than to have been born different. I was convinced that nobody outside of my family could love me. But then there was a teacher in the second grade, we adored Mrs. Leonard. Annually, we had a hearing test, and Mrs. Leonard gave the test to everybody in the class. 
Finally, it was my turn. I knew from past years that we would stand up against the door, cover one ear, and the teacher sitting at her desk would whisper, and we would have to repeat back whatever we heard, something like, the sky is blue, or do you have new shoes? I waited there for the words. God must have put in her mouth those seven words that changed my life when Mrs. Leonard said in a whisper, after all of those years of rejection, she said to me, quiet enough that no one else could hear, I wish you were my little girl. And folks, to people made ugly and twisted by sin, God whispers through Jesus, I wish you were my little girl. I wish you were my little boy. You see, that's why Jesus died on the cross, so that we can become sons and daughters of God. That is the message of, cross, of the cross. See, the cross, yes, is the message of forgiveness that says that you can be forgiven for your sins, but it's also more than that. The cross says you are accepted, that you are valued, that you are loved. See, maybe you've never seen it this way. In reality, the cross is a symbol of blessing. It's a symbol of the blessing that God has called you to, but you have to receive it like Jacob, who later became Israel. Just like Jacob, you have to surrender your life to God. No more living for yourself. No more living by the world's standards. No more seeking everybody else's approval. You have to declare that God's blessing is enough for you. Would you do that today? Let's stand together. And so wherever you are on that spiritual journey, Maybe you've even been a Christian for years. But the story of Jacob has brought back some memories of pain, of rejection in your life. Hopefully you've been encouraged today to know that no matter what man says about you, you can be blessed by God. But maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision. That frankly, you've been living for yourself and like Jacob, maybe you have even become successful. You've accomplished great things, and yet you realize it is not enough. It has not satisfied the deepest need of your heart. I'm here to tell you the deepest need of your heart that you have been searching for is in fact the love and approval of God that was made possible for you by his death on the cross, Jesus who died so that you can be forgiven and receive new life in him, to enter into his family, to become a son or a daughter of God, a child of the King. And if you hunger for that today, could we just all around this room, would you close your eyes and just spend a moment in meditation 
Is God speaking into your heart hope that this could be what you have been looking for? If so, and you're ready to surrender, would you in your heart just say something like this? Just say, Father, I confess that I've done wrong. Just confess to him. Confess that you've been living for yourself. You've been trying to impress other people, seeking the approval of the world rather than the blessing of God. And now, right now, in your heart, say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross so that I can be forgiven. And I receive that forgiveness, that gift of grace, that symbol of blessing. Come in and wash me clean. Make me whole. Give me a new beginning, a fresh start, a second chance. And now, Father, empower me. Endow me with that fruitfulness to flourish, to increase the impact of my life to make a difference in this world, to be a blessing to others. Lord, we pray for those who have taken that step today that perhaps you have a class for them, a group, a ministry for them to take those next steps. Maybe some need to be part of Alpha to get some of their questions of what exactly is this whole Jesus thing about? Some who need to get in beta or word or cleansing stream or some other group within the church that you're speaking to them about. For Father, today, we thank you that in you, we have all that we need. And everybody say together in Jesus' name, Amen.